Welcome to the Unblocking Crypto Podcast. This podcast is not financial advice. It's meant for entertainment purposes only. These are just the opinions of a couple of rambling wrecks. Welcome back to episode number 59 of Unblocking Crypto. We have an interesting topic to talk about here in a second about a uh, prediction of what Bitcoin is going to be. But before we jump into that, Hal, welcome. And let's talk a little bit about some of the news going on around the world in crypto. All right. Sounds good, Jason. So I know you're a huge fan of El Salvador and what they've done with Bitcoin. They are in the process of launching a Bitcoin slash Lightning developer training program that is funded by a VC and by Tether. So I'm intrigued to see what this does for Bitcoin. It's it's almost been there's been a lot of talk about people leaving the Bitcoin network and going and working on a lot of these other coins. But this is a couple of companies that are saying, hey, stay at Bitcoin. There's still a lot left to be done. And we are going to help the people of El Salvador get up to speed on Bitcoin and, and help grow this even more. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, and um, El Salvador's got to be happy about this price turnaround recently too, because they kind of bought a little high and then kind of bought as it went down. So they're probably getting close to being break even on on their actual Bitcoin holdings, and they're still way ahead on their GDP improvement and tourism dollars and all of that stuff. So yeah, if we can keep this run going, El Salvador is going to be a big winner. Yeah, there was an interesting tweet out there too that El Salvador went from one of the most murders per hundred thousand people to almost on par with what the U.S. is. And yep. I think the New York Times was kind of tweeting out that if this continues to happen, this is a, a problem for democracy <laughs> because El Salvador is, I guess it's not the, he's not a dictator, but very close to that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he's done some things that are a little bit, um, the executive order stuff. In the United States, if you passed an unconstitutional executive order, which has happened, and in the meantime, before it's deemed unconstitutional, if, I mean, it, it's implemented and things are happening and then they unwind it later. I think he's done some things like that. And then they just never unwound it. That's, that's kind of my that, that's my interpretation of how their government works, because they have a governing body of, of elected representatives from like er, different areas of the country. He's got way more. He has undue influence over what happens as compared to to that. So but look. They were way worse before. <laughs> Things are getting better. And, and I guess if you're as long as you're not in the opposing political party, you'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of interesting that somebody was calling out the New York Times being like, wait a minute, are you telling me that lower murders are are worse for democracy <laughs> than, than higher murders? Like, it, yeah, kind of crazy. But uh, I mean, if you're not on the list of, of countries that, that are playing the game, anything good that happens in your country is a bad thing. It's like everybody views things as a zero sum game and it's it's just not that. The United States has 50 states and like different states could legalize Bitcoin and try different things. And if it works good, it's like legalizing marijuana. And, all right, let's see how it works for a couple of states for a few years and roll it out to other states and things like that or try to improve it. Why don't look at why don't you look at that globally and say, all right, well, there's a couple of countries that want to use Bitcoin. Let's see if it works for them. Let's, you know, if it does, great. Let's see how we can implement it in our country. If it doesn't, all right, thanks for taking one for the team. <laughs> We're not going to do it. I think keeping an eye on El Salvador is, is, is worthwhile. Like, what is it? Perfect is the enemy of good. Don't expect them to be perfect. Yeah, kind of to that point you just mentioned a second ago, Taiwan is actually about to start regulating crypto. And Taiwan is now, I guess, part of China, which China outlawed Bitcoin. <laughs> China definitely believes Taiwan is part of China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and China has definitely outlawed Bitcoin multiple times at this point. 
they are moving forward. They expect for kind of an initial outline to happen in June and then uh, like the initial draft to happen later this year. The one thing that I did notice is that they are not including NFTs in that conversation because they said NFTs are way too early to figure out how to regulate those. And there's still too much to to learn and to figure out. So it's interesting that's happening. I mean, I'm still a huge NFT fan. I've been saying this for a while. I think NFTs are going to start to take over our lives, but it is still in the infancy of NFTs as well. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not where you are on NFTs. But he is. Very few people are, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, though. Nothing wrong with that. That's fine. So let's just get people into crypto first and get them understanding that before they start jumping into NFTs. Right. Let's just get them to pay attention to what's going on in traditional banking and compare it to you know what else is available in there. Yeah. So speaking of that, let's talk about this latest prediction by, uh, I don't even know how to say his name, Balaji. Yeah, Balaji, maybe. Balaji, yeah. So he has come out and a little background on him. He used to be the ex-CTO of Coinbase, pretty reputable exchange out there. He is now a general partner at Andreessen Horowitz. So very wealthy individual. He's a billionaire at this point, but he has come out and said, he, he provided a tweet that gave a lot of details on why the banks are in a lot worse case than what we're being told. And that his expectation is he sees Bitcoin going to $1 million in the next 90 days. And he's willing to bet people that this is going to happen. And he's giving them 40 to 1 odds. So he's betting one Bitcoin, which is moving up quickly, but in that $27,000 range right now. And mm-hmm. they have to put up a million dollars in some sort of stable, right? And they'll put it in an escrow. And if it's a million dollars at 90 days, he gets the million dollars in stable coins, which he jokes will be somewhat worthless at that point. And then if it, if it isn't a million dollars, then that person gets his Bitcoin, whatever that's worth. So man, there's a lot to kind of unpack in this. And we were kind of talking a little bit earlier. I'm not sure which way I want this to go. <laughs> but a mi- go, Bitcoin going to a million, that's that's 40x from here, right? Like that's yeah. uh, basically, you know, mid-20s. So if Bitcoin 40x is in 90 days, that means a bunch of things went crazy. Like if Bitcoin goes to a million, what did real estate do, right? What, what did gold do? What did the central banks do? How, much, how is there that much money in the system? Or Bitcoin, I feel like some hardcore Bitcoiners have just been predicting this. Oh, next year it'll be this, and two years from now it'll be that. It's kind of slowly getting there, and it's and sometimes it goes faster, and sometimes it goes slower. But it's like ninety days is wild. Like when you start changing global financial things quickly, it springs fly out of the machine. Like we did about four four and a half percent increase on the Fed funds rate in a year. And we had like the biggest bank failures in the history of the country. You can't move that fast. You've got the Titanic and you're, tr- you're trying to steer it like it's a, a speedboat. And so I don't think it could happen. I'd have to really understand what his point is. And I don't think I'd have. But yeah, I mean, I'd be down if Bitcoin goes to a million in 90 days and the rest of the world is okay. I feel like everybody's in deep trouble. If like everybody's scrambling to Bitcoin, I would assume gold and real estate. And just getting out of dollars and, and equities and, and all the soft soft stuff that people can print. But I don't know, man. It'd be kind of a weird world to live in. My, my hope is this, this is more of a publicity stunt to get yeah. attention to Bitcoin. Kind of to your point, I mean, to go up that high that fast 
to me, that means the dollar, someone has to crash. And then the world's reserve currency is probably not the US dollar at that point anymore. And maybe it's a wake up call to people in the US because at that point, life won't near, be nearly as good as it is now. But that will be a very scary time to kind of live through for sure. Yeah. I mean, look how weird it is. You know, we've had six to 8% CPI inflation in air quotes basically every month for a year or so. And look at what's going on, man. People are ticked off. Like, Wages are going up. Prices are going up. It's like we're in this inflationary cycle. You know, people keep thinking inflation is going to keep going up. So they keep demanding more money and and changing jobs for more money and people are paying more money. And then there's still roughly the same number of goods and services. So the price of them goes up. We still have supply chain problems. So we've got a supply issue. So prices go up. Well, we got a lot of upward pressure on prices. If you had 90 days, I mean, if Bitcoin goes up 40X and let's just say it's a huge winner and other things are going up two or three while that's like past hyperinflation, right? I think hyperinflation is like 50% per month. You, you just can't, I don't think you can do that. I think you're in, I think you're talking about like all the people that have guns and ammo instead of Bitcoin and gold, the people that took it way past there. Okay. Well, I guess they're the big winners then because everything's broken. You can't do that. So I, I think that prediction is, is gotta be, have something to do with it. I mean, it could be like a pump situation where he's like, man, I'm going to just try to go viral with this and get people to jump into Bitcoin and then I'm going to sell it when it, after it goes up and then buy more when it drops back down. Like, who knows, man? But the, it's it's, just, it's that wild of a prediction. Saying it to go to a million next year would be wild. Like, we still aren't within a year of the next halving. And usually it takes like six months before things ramp up. Like, usually you have the halving in the summer and then like fall into winter, things go up and then it crashes back down kind of springtime. And so, I mean, we're 18 months away from all of that. I don't know that I buy into halving cycles. It kind of happens. You can't argue with calendars and, and charts. I don't know, man. It's definitely, it's probably the weirdest crypto prediction or the weirdest Bitcoin prediction I've seen in a long time. Maybe ever. It is definitely getting the most attention. And he, he's made the bet with two people so far. So he's put up two Bitcoin, which, I mean, for him, 50 grand out of, for a billionaire is probably not that much. Right? But it, it is definitely getting him attention. If he didn't yeah. already have 15 minutes of fame, he's getting it right now because that's what everybody's talking about. Yeah, I mean, in the same line of, the U.S. dollar having to crash or having to debase itself in order to get to a million dollars of Bitcoin in, by June. The central banks increased their their swap to other central banks, basically to add more U.S. dollar liquidity into the global market. The U.S. central bank, the Fed sends out like a weekly swaps. So they swap the ECB for euros. They swap Canadian central bank for Canadian dollars. And, you know, because there's banks in those countries that operate with dollars. And so it kind of keeps the global exchange of funds flowing. And so usually that's once a week in the interest of keeping banks afloat, Credit Suisse uh, having to get bailed out by the Swiss government. You know, we got a bunch of stuff going on in the United States. So I, I guess maybe to get ahead of something like actually maybe be proactive or maybe they know how bad things are and we don't. So maybe they're being reactive. So they increase that to a, a daily swap. So they're moving U.S. dollars out globally a lot more often. That sort of thing feels like moving money, pushing more U.S. dollars into the global market feels like debasing the U.S. dollar. This is um, along the lines of Balaji's prediction, but I, I don't think that things like that get you there. It's something that just goes along with financial crisis. How bad is it going to get kind of stuff like they're, you know, they keep pulling levers trying to make things better. And maybe things, some of them work and some of them don't. Weird things happen. You kind of need to pay attention. Yeah, it's interesting too. Uh, 
I know um, we talked a little bit about this last week where there was going to be this move to large banks because they are the ones getting bailed out. Right? And I think there was some sort of Q&A with Janet Yellen and one of the congressmen was asking her questions mm-hmm. about if the smaller banks would be bailed out like the larger banks. And, and she pretty much said the Federal Reserve or whatever. It, it was a they needed a super majority vote. Yeah, uh, from the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, and another in another agency, and they all had to agree that if that bank fails, it would have su- a systemic impact, as in it would cause a cascading effect on other banks. Yeah, Signature Bank, which is a big, you know, I don't know what was it, a top thirty bank? I think it was right around the number thirty uh, in the country. Barely made it to get bailed out like this. He was basically saying, "Hey, all of the people that bank with regional community banks." don't have a backstop then yeah. they're going to do something janet yellen from the the way she talked and the look on her face had never considered that people would act differently based on what they were the decisions they were making it was it, she hadn't considered that people would move money from small banks to big banks because the big banks would be bailed out and the small ones wouldn't i hate listening to janet yellen. the probably the worst part about this whole financial crisis over the last two weeks is that i've listened to her talk twice i hate listening to her talk she literally i, I don't think that that she and the other people have any idea that people have the mobility and they're for the most part smart. But even if they're not smart, I, I had this, I have this theory about like when people figure out like a hack, if people figure out like, oh, you can sell your, you can sell your, your food stamps for, you know, 50 cents on the dollar to this guy at this gas station. One guy finds that guy. And then two weeks later, there's 30 people selling their food stamps to that guy because he talks to one guy and they talk, 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 talk. It's you just scale that up and move it up the socioeconomic ladder a little bit. And you got a guy that's like, hey, you know, my small business, I got I have three hundred fifty thousand dollars in my checking account, you know, to hold my hold my burn rate for a few months if I have a few bad months of business. Well, I'm one hundred thousand dollars that's sticking my neck out at, at with Greg over it at Community Bank on the corner. I've got to transfer that money into Wells Fargo because I'm I'm over the limit of FDIC coverage. And he, oh, by the way, his buddy also owns a small business who has $500,000 and somebody's got $150,000. He's like, well, if y'all two are doing it, I'm going to move mine too because you guys are you know, doing really well. You start pulling deposits out of small banks, they're in trouble quick. Yeah, I mean, it's, Jenny Yellen had no clue, no idea that, that, would, that people would even think to do that. Uh, it's so frustrating to listen to her talk. Yeah, I guess I saw some clips out of that and I was like, holy cow. Her answers are probably going to cause some very bad things to happen because she was not prepared for that at all. So, yeah, so maybe his prediction is correct. Right? I mean, the, the, there might be a lot of banks that go under very quickly if people start really understanding what's going on. And I, I don't really know what the safe answer is at this point. Where do you put your money? Oh, man. So, uh, you know, me, like I'm always looking at looking for reasons why Bitcoin can fail. Like it's super easy for me to understand why it's going to be successful. My new one is. Okay, so people pull deposits from small banks, put them in the bigger banks. Small banks fail or are bought by the bigger banks and everything gets consolidated, consolidated, consolidated until there's four banks. Four banks is kind of like having four news networks. They all get on the same team with politicians and you don't have a you don't have a propaganda network for the government directly, but like pretty much the news is propaganda for the government. Well, if you have four banks, you don't have a nationalized banking system. But you kind of have a nationalized banking system because the banks have got to play ball with the government and the government can can p- penalize them for doing things like being an on-ramp to to Bitcoin. And so 
that's my new like attack vector that hasn't been one yet for Bitcoin is they centralize all of the banking and now people can't go in and out of Bitcoin if the government decides they don't want to, because if they can do all those penalties for like, oh, if you allow, you know, Bitcoin transfers, then you have these fees or you get audited or, you know, play all those government games where they pressure companies without actually like telling them what to do. They just squeeze their arm, squeeze, twist their arm a little bit. That's kind of like a few orders of magnitude or a few degrees of separation away from where we are. But it's like, eh, there's a path there where the government gets a lot of control over the banking system. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting too. Uh, Peter Schiff, who's a huge gold guy and hates Bitcoin, especially. Has, he says he hates Bitcoin. Well, he's come out and pretty much said that he thinks digital assets are going to be what everybody moves to here pretty soon, but he doesn't think Bitcoin is going to be the one. <laughs> so he's going to try to pick one out of 20,000 others? Uh, he said it's going to be something that is backed by gold, digital assets backed by gold. And I said, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. He's slowly coming around. He's still anti-Bitcoin, but at least he now believes in digital assets. <laughs> Quick story for all the people that are jump that will be jumping into, you know, these crappy brand new cryptocurrencies that come out of nowhere. In 2017, I bought a cryptocurrency. I think it was called like Dignity. It was something stupid like that. And they were like, yeah, we're backed by gold. We've got gold in, in the vault. And, you know, we issue based on, you know, the amount of gold, we issue more crypto. Da, 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 da. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot, blah, blah, blah. Goes down the road, man, starts to pick up a little steam. You know, I think I, I think I took a little profit. And then they were like, somebody went and checked and there's like nothing. They have no gold, zero gold, none at all. I'm not going to trust a cryptocurrency backed by gold. Like <laughs> you already got me. Right. It's like there's no proof that there's any gold in Fort Knox right now. Gold's gold's not that easy to audit. I agree. Yeah. So it is interesting too. I think this is kind of the first time in a while that Bitcoin is starting to decouple from stocks. I don't know if you paid much attention to that, but Bitcoin's up like sixty something percent uh here lately, while the S P is up two and a half and the NASDAQ is is down about 15. It, it's interesting to see that there's a huge discrepancy. Will that continue? I'm not sure if it goes up 40x in the next 90 days, then yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I was listening to somebody talk on a podcast and they were talking about divergent strength, the di divergent strength of Bitcoin. That's the kind of thing I need to hear. All the way back to like February, March of 2020, everything's been pretty correlated. Like everything dropped at the same time. It didn't matter what asset class it was. Everybody would just wanted dollars. And then everything kind of played along the same lines ever since then. But now we're starting to break things out. So I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see how it goes. I, I had lunch yesterday with some friends of mine that are kind of into this stuff. And we all just kind of shake our heads like, well, I don't know what to do. <laughs> no idea. I don't know if I want to buy real estate or sell real estate. Like normally you kind of lean one way or the other. But it's like shrug shoulders. No idea. One one guy is making money using an AI supported sports gambling thing. And he's like up a hundred percent in a few months betting on sports that he has no interest in whatsoever, but it's just whatever the AI spits out as, as what to bet. That's where these guys are. I might as well do some random sports gambling because buying stocks, I have like, I have just as much of a shot at making money with stocks or, or real estate or anything else. So I don't think anybody really knows what to do. Yeah, well, and, and I don't think they're going to get a, a direction here one way or the other, but there is some other positive things going on in the industry. Microsoft is actually developing a crypto wallet that's going to be embedded into 
their browser, Edge. I don't know if anybody actually uses Microsoft Edge anymore, but <laughs> it, it is going to have a crypto wallet here pretty soon. It'll be based around Ethereum, which isn't that surprising considering the ties to consensus and what consensus is tied to JP Morgan Chase. So, uh, yeah, they're going to continue to promote Ethereum and, and that ecosystem as much as possible. Yeah. If I'm, I don't know that I hitched my wagon to Microsoft Edge. That's, you know what I mean? I, I mean, go for it, try it, see if it works. And if it does, cool. But like I'm, Microsoft stuff is not very good right now. Nobody uses their 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 web search. Nobody uses their browser. Yeah, I mean, if if you're worried about security, you're probably going to look at Brave. <laughs> if you're worried about convenience, you're probably using Chrome. <laughs> yep. If you're on Apple, you're probably using Safari or whatever it's called, right? So, yeah. Yeah, Microsoft is definitely struggling to kind of keep any sort of traction they have in that space for sure. Yeah, when, when the company we owned, we had to do safety tests every once in a while, and like one company. Their safety, their online safety test required Microsoft Edge for you to do it. And so every time I'm like, hey, everybody, you have to find a computer with Microsoft Edge or you have to download it in order to take this safety. It was, it was the biggest headache to, to play. And it, it was just so user unfriendly. Like it's, it was no good. That's, that's my, my whole experience with Edge. And then I get tricked into using Bing every once in a while because I click on something and it takes me there. I'm like, this is this is not good. Theoretically, Chat GPT being part of Bing should be helpful, but we'll see. Yeah, we're we're still waiting for that to to turn into a reality. And speaking of Ethereum, uh, there is a airdrop coming for Arbitrum, and Arbitrum is probably one of the largest layer twos ish on Ethereum. So that's kind of exciting that they've been growing like wildfire lately and now they're going to be doing an airdrop which i think is going to pretty much provide a crap ton of money and liquidity into the system for that exciting news for those people that actually are going to get arbitrum airdrops i don't know many <laughs> no one has probably paid much attention to them it's been something on my radar that i've paid attention to but i have not done anything with it you know, if you if you don't have any then i know zero people <laughs> uh, yeah so it, it Positive things still happening in the industry, even with all the craziness happening all around it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm curious, like, with, you know, when the price goes up, think, it, the chatter starts, you know, and you, you get more, you start to see more news articles and CNBC had Jack Mallers on yesterday. And I haven't seen that in a long time because when Bitcoin's price is down, mainstream media doesn't cover it. The only thing they do is talk bad about it. So when it comes up, then they're like, hey, what's going on? Why is it this? Nobody really knows. The price goes up and then they figure out what's going on in the world to, that would be good for Bitcoin. I feel like price, they go find a narrative when the price goes up a lot of times. Yep. So I'm uh, curious to see what's next, man. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to bring up for this week? I think we covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Well, as always, how great catching up and looking forward to talking next week about what's happened at this point. Yeah, no kidding. We'll see what other banks fail. I think SBF is proposing a new bail schedule or a way for him to get more access to the internet. So it's been a while since he's been in the news, so it's, it's, it's probably time for him to say something. Yeah, he's, he's trying to get back into it. Awesome. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds see good, you know. man. All right, see you. If all of these crypto conversations leave you with more questions and you're looking for answers, I've created a product that dives into most of those answers including why crypto, how to set up a cold wallet, and some of the more advanced strategies for dealing with crypto. Check the link in the notes below and hope to see you there.